0: Greetings in Jesus' name, the name that has all power in heaven and earth. And so we've come to worship him this morning. It's a blessing to be here with the family of God here at the peak this morning. What a tremendous blessing. Enjoyed the worship service, enjoyed the Sunday school. What a tremendous blessing to think about Jesus as our high priest. The Lord has laid a message on my heart. It's a I think a real blessing to everyone. I know it is for every saint. And so I'd like us to look up John 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7. <clears throat> Word says, Nevertheless I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that, you, that I go away. For I do not go away for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I marvel at the plans of God. You know, because uh, to think about the blessing of sitting under the voice of Jesus in real live life would be just Utterly amazing, but to think that he said, "Now let's say that he was down by a dry river this morning, and so all the bank church gets to hear Jesus this morning." And you know where we're at? We're left out in the dark. That's right. We're not there. Uh, And so it would be a little, you know, if he's way down the road. Well, it's hard to get there, you know. But what a wonderful plan! We, he said, I'm going to go there, and I'm glad he went to the right hand of the Father to be an advocate for us this morning. But he did even something better. He said, "I'm going to, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to give you the comforter." What a beautiful plan! Uh, just unreal to imagine. Now, back just a, a couple chapters, John 14 verses 16 to 18 says. John 14, verse 16 to 18, and first of all, we're going to look at the, uh, the blessings of the Holy Spirit, where it says, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you And shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What's the end of that verse? I will come to you. What a tremendous blessing there. That he said. Look. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. You know. In other words. If you you aren't by the sea of Galilee. When I'm there. You're not by yourself. If you're over in some. Remote place of the world, you're not by yourself. If you're in the middle of the hub uh, uh, near Jerusalem, you're not by yourself. He said, "I am going to be. You're not going to be comfortless. I'm going to give you the Comforter." Saints have Jesus with them. It's when Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is with them, life has meaning. Because then. You're not comfortless. You're not by yourself. You, as a saint, are never alone. And that's the title message. You are never alone. And that's such a blessing. Because I hear people say, "Where is God? He's in the heart of every believer. That's where he is." You know, and you'd be going through a rough time. you say, what's going on, Lord? Where's He at? He's right in your life. He's wanting to speak to you and guide you. He's there. He said, I'm going to be the comforter. You know what comforter means? Strengthener. Strengthener. Do we need comfort? Do we need strength? Yay, we do. Yes, we do. We really do. Because there's so many people that seem to be aimless in this life. They don't have a real purpose. <clears throat> you know, it, And the Holy Spirit, when we give our heart to the Lord and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life, He comes into your heart. And He says, you know what? Then He gives you a purpose and a direction for your life. Without Him, we don't know uh, what to do. You know, we're aimless. And so people do all kinds of things to fulfill that void and give purpose for life. Saints have purpose for life. You know what it is? To glorify Jesus. To glorify Jesus is our number one calling. What, and, and you know what? When he lives within us and we obey his leading, you are comforted by his presence and you're accepted in the beloved. You're accepted. You know, you know that it also speaks of a close relationship. You more than have somebody beside you you have somebody within you. You know, we say, you know, you know, I, I want to get close to Jesus. Just follow Him. Just obey Him. Follow His Holy Spirit. And, and you know, He wants to lead you in all things of life. I hope you that have, are working, He has led you in your vocation. You know, we don't just do what we want to do. We want what God wants us to do. You know, so we pray, Lord, lead us. He, he leads us. In what we say. He leads us in our attitudes. Because we're struggling with bad attitudes. You know, we pray, Lord, help me, sanctify me. The Holy Spirit helps you to do what is right. He strengthens you to do what is right. What a tremendous blessing. The blessings of the Holy Spirit. You are never alone. There's another aspect of that picture that we must think of just a little. You know, a lot of sin is done in the dark because they feel like somebody can't see. Whenever we are tempted, and yea, we are, to think, you know, I can do that, nobody's around. I want to tell you, you are never alone. You are never alone. Somebody's watching over you That'll help you do what's right, to overcome. You are never alone. And you know what? So you think, oh, I feel so powerless. You know, oh, th- my temptation is just worse than anybody else's, which is what the devil wants to say sometimes. And he always says, oh, no, oh, no. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. And probably somebody's been tempted or, or struggled way worse than you. Yes. He's going to give you the strength to overcome. He promised that. He promised that. 1 Corinthians ten thirteen says that. What a blessing. Also, First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of God, uh, excuse me, the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God? And you are not your own. And you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So... He said, look, you are not your own. <laughs> mm. You know, I hear people say, I want to live it my way. And Christians live it God's way. We let the Holy Spirit lead our lives. You know, and, and that becomes pretty exciting sometimes. <clears throat> because if you ever went down the road and God said, take a right-hand turn. You, you know, you need to change your attitude. You need to go there to be a blessing to them. You might even need to leave where you've been in Jerusalem all your life and go somewhere else. And he says, and you know in your flesh you said, no, 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 I'm going to take a left. or I'm going to go straight. I don't want this change, you know. And that happens sometimes. Well, most of you all that have youth that are 20 or more know how it is to train a child to drive. And, you know, you, you put him there behind the stairs, they start driving a car. And, you know, you sit beside them and, you know, you know. You know, the speed limit might be 55, but you don't take this curve at 55, okay? That's a learning curve, isn't it? <laughs> or a teachable moment. And, uh, you know, and so the parents are grabbing the doors and their knuckles are turning white. And you think they had an extra pair of brakes and you wish you did. Because life is scary sometimes with the youth driving that don't know how to drive. And you know what? I thought, you know, that's what you call an, uh, an extra driver. You know, you say, stop, slow down. Now, if I understand correctly, Jesus controls our vessel. You're going down the highway of life and you're not charting the course. You're not charting the course. Jesus is because he's in you. And you know, if you're going to chart the course, he's going to be out. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit in them, and He's directing their past daily. That's a blessing. And what you don't give tomorrow morning, and I'm just going to do whatever. You know, I'm going to, whatever your vocation, I'm just going to do that. No. Jesus is with us. He's directing our steps. You know? And, and this life is very inspiring. Well, uh, I always liked it when the children learned how to drive good enough that I could sit in the back seat. But I'm telling you, uh, you probably know this yourself. When you're driving down, you really don't like a back seat driver, do you? I mean, you, you, know, you just wish somebody were yelling, and you're just, ah, You know what you're doing? You know, and, and they, psh, psh, no back seat driver. Jesus says, No back seat driver! Okay? You know, Jesus knows what's best. And I know as parents, we think we know what's best for our children, at least least in their driving habits. There's a lot of other things too. But imagine one that knows us better than ourselves saying, Look, you ought to do this. Your vocation is leading you down the wrong way. You might be being enslaved to your vocation. He's saying, Look, I have a better plan. I have a better plan for you. And we kind of resist that. He says, I don't need a backseat driver. You know what he says sometimes? Get into the trunk. Because you, you should not have a voice in this. Now, you know, most of us say the trunk is kind of stuffy. And not too, uh, the visibility is not that great. But I'm telling you, with Jesus leading the way, the trunk is where we belong. I can tell you that. And it's not easy to get there. You know what I mean? In other words, to get to the point of Jesus... Whatever you want, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to live, whether you want me to change in this direction, where you want to change my attitude, Lord, I'm good with my nature. But in Jesus' nature, when the more we follow Jesus, we get a Jesus nature out of this. And That's what He wants. It's a beautiful life. You know, every now and then you see a person, and they're really strange. They follow Jesus radically. And you know what? I believe that's what he has in mind for us. He says, you are not your own. I am more than walking beside you. I'm in you. I want to lead your steps in the ways of righteousness. I want to lead you uh, in the paths of righteousness and holiness. Yes. Yes. When Jesus leads... He does all the driving, and he don't need any suggestible hints. He don't need any suggestible hints. You are not your own. The Holy Ghost is in you. You were bought with a price to glorify God, and I praise God we can do that. Well, four times in the New Testament, it talks about the spirit of truth. And that's the Holy Spirit. He leads us in the truth. And because the Word, we read the Word. We love the Word because it helps us understand the Spirit of Truth. Because that truth makes us free from the bondage of sin. And that's a tremendous blessing. You don't have to live in, in the struggle and bondage of sin and overcome by sin. We can be freed by that, by the Spirit of Truth. As it talks about there in the Scripture. So we worship the Lord that way. It says in John four twenty four, and you know this first well, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, there's a balance here, and I understand that we don't like highly emotionally charged services, but I can tell you one thing. When the spirit is moving in your life, you don't sit there like a deadbeat either, okay? Amen? You don't sit there like a deadbeat either because when we hear the word of God and it, it is filtering into us and our, the spirit is saying yeah and amen and we're believing it, you said there will be some expression. I've seen many a lady that evidently don't believe in saying amen and I'm good with that but they're going, or I hear them a hum or a purr sometimes and there wasn't no catch. So women were agreeing. And be a God bless the man that we, or a person that stirred their spirit, and they're willing to whisper an amen. I tell you, friends, our worship service is not meant to be a deadbeat service because we're worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And when truth that you believe or that you shouldn't believe and don't believe yet comes in, it is a good thing to say yes. And that's how we grow. That's how we amount We don't want to stay in the same place. Plateau. If we plateau spirits and we'll turn south. And we don't want to do that. We want to have the Spirit leading us. We worship something. We were designed to worship. And we're here worshiping Jesus. We're honoring God this morning. But what did you worship yesterday? What did you worship yesterday? Well, it was what was a priority. Yeah, you might say, we probably did some farming. Yeah, farming don't get in the way of worshiping God. Because you, 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 you can farm under Christian principles or not. You can put Jesus first or not. I praise God, we can worship in a vocation, but it's not number one then. You do what's right and what's important. In other words, is my life dictated... By the words of truth. Worship in spirit and truth. Some say they're led, the, the spirit led me to do this or that. And I really like when I hear the spirit led me to talk to somebody. Or the spirit led me to say this or to do this or to be a blessing to others. But inevitably, a certain percentage of people say the spirit led me to do this when they are doing things contrary to the word. And that's never true. That is never true. The Holy Spirit will never ask you or lead you away from gospel truth and from doing what is right in righteousness. So so how is it with us in our life? Obedience is very, very critical because we know the truth. We're um, we're highly knowledgeable people in, in many, many areas of the Word of God. And it says in Acts 5, Thirty-two. It says. <clears throat> then Peter said to them, "Did I say Acts five? I'm sorry. It's Acts two thirty-eight. It's, it's a, a sermon at Pentecost, actually. And he said to them, as and as we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey Him. So." He says that's part of lordship of our lives. But it's also, we want, we get the Holy Spirit when we're born again, but we also are ble- can only retain that precious relationship by strict obedience. I don't know if you like those words. That's what my parents like. He likes strict obedience. Well, I find that in the Word of God, God don't like half-hearted obedience or straying from obedience because he called it disobedience. Well, because he, he likes... Us to be obedient. That means the Holy Spirit is leading our lives. It's directing our steps. It's making telling us when we're right, when we're following Him. It confirms that. It gives us comfort. It gives us strength to overcome. It gives us strength to do what's right. And then gives comfort because we are doing what is right. Some people would die for that privilege. And we die ourselves to, to get that privilege. But we live in Jesus, the Holy Spirit. What a blessing that he gives to those that obey him. Well, we sure need the Holy Spirit in our lives all the time. And it's a tremendous blessing. It also says in Acts 2, verse 38. Now, I may have confused some references. Did I do that? Did you look them up? The last one was Acts 5.32. Now I'm on Acts 2.38. Uh, My eyes aren't going where my my mind is at, okay? Now we're on Acts 2.38. This is a sermon at Pentecost. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. You don't deserve it, and you didn't earn it, But when you accept Jesus, you get the gift. You probably got a few gifts in your life. Just because you turned six and got a gift didn't mean you deserved it. You just got a day older. But you get gifts. And your Father, which is in heaven, gives you gifts that you need to maintain your Christian walk. And that's a tremendous blessing. And ye shall receive the gift. You don't receive means... like. For, for you at Christmas time, if you received the gift you got it just because you were there. But this means lambano, lambano, or however you say it. I'm not Greek. But yeah, it means to take. It's to take, to to get hold of. You take it. You want it. You consider it precious. have it to seize. You seize it. And because it's a privilege for us to have to receive the Holy Ghost. But you take it, There's. It, it seems to be a two-sided picture here that you receive it. You know, actually, that's an interesting thought. To receive the Holy Ghost is to take and to seize hold of But it per- parallels perfectly with Scripture where it says in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, it says, If ye then, being evil, meaning human. I don't think God actually... What's the call everybody? Evil. Now, how do you give good gifts to your children? How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't think it's anything wrong. Lord, lead me. Guide me. Holy Spirit, I need you. In fact... There's a song that goes like that, and I really like it. I think it it says a lot of truth in it. And I'll read it to you now. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own gentle way. Come as wisdom to children. Come as new sight to the blind. Come, Lord, as strength to my weakness. Take me soul, body, and mind. If you can say that, friends, you're well on the road of being a good saint. But it isn't done. Come as rest to the weary. Come as balm for the soul. Come as dew to my dryness. Fill me with joy evermore. Come like a spring in the desert. Come to the withered of soul. Oh, let your sweet healing power touch me And make me whole. Do you get the drift? Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit can do for it. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Every hour of every day. Every hour of every day. Friends, God wants a few more Holy Spirit-led Christians that are zealous for him all the time. What a tremendous blessing. So the question comes to us, if the Holy Spirit left your life, would anything change? Would anything change? I hope you'd say everything would change because you're being led by the Holy Spirit all the time. We must always remember, and I know as New Testament believers we we know this, and we learn to appreciate more and more we walk with Jesus, the Holy Spirit only resides in holy saints, and I've said and I feel it, it's high time the conservative Anabaptist church cozies up to holiness. If you get the phraseology, there are, you know. So their passion is to follow Jesus and to love His ways, which what leads us in the ways of holiness. Once that's what He's pleased, and so His Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you as much as you strive to obey him, be obedient, and live a holy life on a 24-7 basis. What a tremendous blessing. So it's very, very critical we have the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you don't have the Holy Spirit leading you every day, you are not a believer. You're not a saint every day. And thats I hate to even say that because that sounds so negative, but I like to say the positive. When you follow the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, you have Christ walking in you 24-7. And you can't have anybody more important. You might consider your bride and your spouse and your children and your church very important, which they hopefully they are, but they aren't near as important as the Holy Spirit. You can live with all the rest, but you cannot make it to heaven without the Holy Spirit leading your life. On a continual basis. So it's not optional. As it says in Ephesians 5, 17b and 18. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Isn't that wonderful? We can understand the will of the Lord. Oh, I don't know what to do. And I thought that myself. What should I do? I'm at a crossroads. Holy Spirit, lead me. Your Word, lead me. Help me obey. Give me a sense of direction. Give me an unction. How many times do we pray in the morning? Lord, Holy Spirit, lead me. We should be praying that. We should be living it and then praying it. It don't just happen, okay? don't just happen. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's may, understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> There's a lot being said in this little passage here, and I'll bring up a couple points. <clears throat> in our translation, I was told this that uh, does not fully explain the original Greek, and that happens a lot of times, actually. In uh, or translation the word translated be filled is present tense in the original and plural and imperative now how you like that it is present tense plural and imperative meaning present tense. is with us today we're walking with him a bit uh all the time habitually constantly walking with him and it's, well, it's for everyone, not just for you or you. It's for all the saints. You don't have to be on this. We all do this together. And it's imperative to mean you must have it. If you're going to be a saint, you must have the Holy Spirit in your life. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's very, very important. He so said, You know what happens? Otherwise, you're going to act like you're intoxicated. That's what it says. Do not be filled with wine. And so, you know, you know what that does? People that like strong drink become addicted to strong drink. They become addicted to things. And he said, look, don't you become under the bondage of evil addictions. In other words, don't you go strong drink. Don't you be smoking tobacco. Don't you be doing on drugs. Don't you be partying and living for pleasure. Don't you be addicted to your food. Is that fair? Addicted. Yes. Don't you be addicted because they lead you away from Jesus, he says. You know, there's a better option. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, all those are bondage and empty. You got to keep doing it. You just got to keep drinking. You got to keep partying. You got to keep, oh, oh, you know, I, I, I might... Uh, I might miss out on social media. Me. I might miss out on something. It's bondage. And Jesus says, I got a better way for you. Just put that aside and follow me. He got greater, be filled with the Spirit. And let me tell you, friends, if the church of God can do that, and will do that His way, we'll be on fire. Glorifying Him in all of life. Praise God. It's imperative that we do this. It's imperative that we do this. That was the first point. And uh, to be honest with you, I've got six more points, but I'll just start on one more. I think I have a few more minutes. And we'll get hopefully close to half done here, or, or third, I'm not sure. So I want to look at some evidences of the Holy Spirit in your life, okay? I hope you got the point of how the blessings of the Holy Spirit was the first one, and that you're never alone. And what tremendous blessings are. But one of them are your life, uh, <clears throat> your lifestyle will be one of thankfulness and appreciation because of the abundant blessings you have. That's an evidence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you will not be a griper and a complainer. And one always says, all oh, if I've just had this and that, that, that's not part of the Holy Spirit life. It's quite different. In fact, it says in John 10, verses 9 through 11, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pastures and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but, to, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life, and that you might barely make it. But I'll be there, and you know that's wrong. I am come that you might have that you might have it more abundantly. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. One time there was a woman to come up to a preacher and said, <clears throat> I want to have makeup. I want to wear makeup. I want to wear fashionable clothes, and I want to drive a sports car. Some of the things I see Mennonites doing. And he said, But you know, my life is not fulfilling. He said, You need something better, you need Jesus. Amen. Because those things are what uh, the, the, the enemy beckons us to do. Have you ever been tempted to think, I would be happy if I just had this. And write in the blank in your own mind. What would you be happy if you just had this? You know? Well, I want to tell you, friends, Jesus said, Jesus, he He said you can go there you will find spiritual pasture in jesus christ and that's obeying the holy spirit let's look up a few more passages if you don't mind john 4 the woman at the well i think it is john 4 verses 10 to 14 Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? As well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water which I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And how beautiful, you know how it is? You know, you have water. When you got out, you drink water or tea or whatever it was. And you know what? An hour later, you were thirsty again. And that's right. And he says, look, you, everybody has a, <coughs> uh, that void in their life, and they're trying to fulfill that void. And so they do different things. He said, look, I will fill that void for you. I will give you that purpose in your life. I will give you that direction in your life. Remember, you are not comfortless. He said, I'm going to give you the comforter to be with you. And he says, look, that water is a fountain of water springing up, just gushing out that the Lord is with you. Jesus didn't leave us to always interpret everything to ourselves. Let's go back a few chapters and see what all all really might be involved in this. John 7, verse 37 to 39. John 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If a man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. And he said, look, that living water in you is the Holy Spirit. You know, because I tell you, when water gushes and comes, it has force, it gives direction. Water does. It's a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit leading the life of a, of, of a surrendered saint. It's a beautiful picture of that. I once heard that a man out in the Midwest was traveling he needed to go to pick up some parts. He, had, he was a farmer, and something broke down, and he had to go to pick up some parts. Now, out west, they have uh, canals. I think it is. It's called those ditches that put up water. And uh, they have canals there. And so he was driving along the road, and there was a canal, and here out there, he saw out there in the distance a special canal that looked like. There was a man... Pumping back in the old days, some of you might not know they had hand pumps, <laughs> you know that? And they and this man was just just pumping. I mean, just pumping, and a bunch of water it's coming, a bunch of water. He was just pumping away. Well, that's interesting. He must you know had a little special section there when the water. So he went on the to town. <clears throat> well, several hours later, he come back, and the same man was still just pumping that pump, and the water just gushing out. and said. What is going on here? He's made of sterner stuff than those men. I wonder what's going on. And said, I'm going to go take a closer look. So he eases up. He walks toward that guy, that man. You know what he found out? It was artesian well. The water was pumping the man. He was a dummy. And I had to wonder, wouldn't that be amazing? People look and say, what is pumping that man? What is pumping that sister? And the Holy Spirit, the Living Water. Is... How beautiful! I think that's what Jesus were like in our lives. Shall we have a closing song?